0: Yes, this is an episode affectionately named, or I'll say cleverly named, Dear Blockbuster. And I wanted to bring this thought back to this platform, or bring the thought of Blockbuster back to your mind for the simple fact that it was a brand and a company that I grew up loving. You know, going to Blockbuster was definitely a treat. You go to Blockbuster you get your movie, you get your popcorn and your treats. I love Twizzlers and Gummy Bears. And I look forward to going to Blockbuster, being able to pick a movie and watch it. I know one of the movies I would watch all the time was Three Ninjas, The Mask, you know, you name it. That was one of the movies I'd watch, especially with them being on VHS and then they started doing DVDs. And you had the other brand, but this brand Blockbuster I particularly loved because i would always get a chance to get treats and i know that it has gone other under and tanked because of netflix and all of these streaming services you know red box when it started coming up so i was thinking if i owned blockbuster if i owned the, the brand if i owned the name here's what i would do i would revamp the brand except i would do it differently. I will put it as an independent filmmaker, an independent filmmaker or, or studio, a production studio that does a lot for independent filmmakers, you know, documentaries, movies, you know, specifically those who are in the black community, the African-American community, of course, but a lot of the minorities, because a lot of our movies are not picked up as quickly, especially when it, there is no stereotypical or stigma in the movies but I thought that it would be amazing to have an independent film production studio. We work specifically with those who are independent movie makers as well as those who want to turn some of their books into movies like I know for me I would take some of the books that I read and turn them into movies and we produce TV shows and we stream a lot of these things live and we become that movie theater that you can tap into just from your phone, your device, your TV for independent movies. If you know that there's someone in your community who makes independent film, you can nominate them for those who will have free production of their movies. And so it's Definitely, something that would be amazing and <clears throat> that was just a thought process, even producing you know indep- independent films or movies or TV shows for children, and you get around the hyperbole of filmmaking and production because now you 're not beholden to a certain story or plotline, you're not beholden to a certain character, you're not beholden to a lot of these outrageous, you know, nominations and being accepted or invited to join a specific group. But it's something where there are independent makers to where they're being exposed. They can change and, well, change the world. They can share their story. They can share their very own narrative. And it becomes something that is really intimate and you get a chance to see the raw cut things, especially dealing with documentaries, because it takes a lot for these documentaries. But it would be great if we can have that, even to where you have little kids who want to make their own TV shows. We get in partnerships with the parents, making sure that the children have everything that they need, but that they're not cheated out of their money. Because, you know, in the industry now, the parents become the guardians, but that's because those who want to have the children in the movies don't really care about what the family does, they just want that child actor, because they want that movie. Well, in this case, we'll have that protection for the actors, we'll have the insurance, we'll get the permits, we'll get a lot of these things to put them front and center, so that you vote with your money. The public begins to put them on the phone front and in front page news. So I think that that would be very very dope it would be amazing if that brand could find a surge a revival resurrection so to speak and we could talk about it We can even make a movie <laughs> about the movie in production studio which i think would be amazing <clears throat> i don't know if they still have a lot of their real estate places but there are a lot of places that still know this company, this brand, the BB Blockbuster brand. So it would be amazing if we could see that come back and be revived and be refreshed into something new to where it does and offers streaming, where it offers special, special things just for those who are independent filmmakers, producers, directors, screenwriters, screenplays, scripts, movies, even to where we go into Broadway, and we work there as well, because I don't think you get a lot of those that come to the forefront in Broadway, unless they're one of these big, big theater companies. That's something I definitely would love to see, and if I own Blockbuster, if I own the brand, if I own the name, if I could revive it, they would hire me to say, if you want to come back, because we had a misstep with going to streaming, that's what I would do. So, once again, this is Brittany Simone with Do You See What I See? And if you don't, <laughs> of course, I will. So let me show you. just follow me Is Britney Simone with Do You See What I See? And yes, the title of this episode is comfort. And I wanted to really just look at some things that has come to me about you know this word comfort, which even the word comfort brings comfort, even the word comfort makes you look around. It may make you want to reach for something that brings that comfort. Because comfort for a lot of people is stability, it's a foundation. And it could also be a crutch. It can also be something that you become so dependent on that it's hard for you to break. It becomes habitual. It becomes something that is so habitual that you can't get rid of it. It becomes chronic. And there are things and a lot of things that I know I have done to deal with this comfort. Because I know first, comfort is definitely something that you find that brings peace, stability, it brings insight, it brings increase, it brings impartation, it just brings you to a space of grounding. Like I know for me, I have things that I do for comfort. Like now at 33, which is how old I am when you hear this podcast, if it's right after I publish it or you know, months or years later, it is comfort that some things that I do that just brings for comfort to me. And I had to ask myself, why do I do these things? Because there's one specifically that I do, that is chronic. It is something that I do all the time. It is something that I do consistently. And I had to ask myself, why do I do that? And I had to go back and look at the root cause, I had to go back and look at the source, I had to go back and look at where did this start? How did it come apart or come across or what made me do it in that space? And so, as I begin to look at it, I begin to see that it came from a couple of different things. And you know, you're like, Well, what did you do? What did you do? Well, I have this comfort, this thing that I do that brings me comfort and stability. If I'm feeling overwhelmed, which is I like to squeeze soft things, comfortable things in between the tips of my fingers, specifically my thumb and my ring finger on my left or my right hand. Like I know for me right now, I'm outside and I'm wearing a jacket. So I'll take the cuff of my jacket, I'll fold it in two, cause it has to be really, really soft. And I would just, you know, twiddle my fingers and twiddle it around my hands and my fingers in between my nails. I have to have nails. If I don't have nails, it doesn't feel right and I don't do it and I find myself not knowing what to do. But if I'm full of anxiety, if I'm full of just hesitation, frustration, or if I'm just looking for a sense of comfort or peace, like watching TV or reading a book, I have to have something that I just twiddle between my fingers whether it's my right hand or my left hand. And sometimes I do it with the pointer finger and thumb finger, but it works better with the thumb and ring finger. And so I had to look at why did I start that? When did I start that? And it really all started when I used to suck my finger. And then I looked at why did I suck my finger? And like most children, most people, I stopped having a pacifier at an early age, because at an early age, I began to grow and mature and develop so fast that at six months, I was walking, I was able to form words, and I had teeth coming in, <laughs> and you know specifically my big teeth. And after a while, about eight or nine months, I had a full mouth of teeth. And I really just say that that's because my brother and I were supposed to be twins. And, you know, the old saying, when there's a child that is growing up so fast, they're trying to get out of the way. Well, that was the case for me because 11 months later, I had a brother. And my mom tells a story of I would bite a hole into my pacifier and she would threaten not to buy me one, but I'd bite a hole into it anyway because that's just me. And, you know, of course, as a kid, you you don't really take it as serious because you don't cons- completely understand consequences. But I'm also a daddy's girl. And if I cried, my daddy would buy me another pacifier. So that didn't work. Well, one day I was riding in the car with my mom. And for the third or fourth time, I threw the pacifier out the window. And sure enough, she said, you throw it out that window again and i not buying you another one. And yeah. Not only did I bite a hole into it and was chewing on it, I threw it out the window. And sure enough, I didn't get another pacifier. And so, of course, because my sense of comfort was gone, removed, snatched or out the window, I started sucking my finger. Not my thumb, like most people do. I started sucking my pointer finger. And so that became my comfort. You know, because as kids, we need comfort some kids, it's a blankie, some kids, it's a pillow, or a teddy bear. Mine was my finger. And then when I couldn't put my finger in my mouth as I was out in public, and they were trying to stop me from sucking my finger, I would twiddle things that were soft, cushiony, between my fingers, like I'm doing right now. Because it's comforting, it's stabilizing. And that comfort with twiddling things between my fingers, has stuck with me at 33. I stopped sucking my finger at 13, not just because I wanted to, but I needed braces. You know, sucking your teeth does things to your teeth, and they, my teeth look like that swinging door that goes in and out, but these doors swung inward, the saloon doors, of course, and they stuck, but then they begin to protrude like Bugs Bunny, And I have big teeth, you know, I was, you know, footnote, I did find out that big teeth was a sign of a model, someone who has a beautiful smile like me. And so they gave me a thumb fence because of the braces and having, you know, sucking your thumb is not good because you're basically negating the reason why you have it. The first time I ripped it out because it was uncomfortable. I couldn't stand having it in my mouth. I couldn't put my finger in my mouth. So I ripped it out. The second time I ripped it out again, because this time it was just uncomfortable. I was getting used to not having my finger in my mouth, but I was so used to discomfort that I wanted to put my finger in my mouth so bad that I ripped it out. But even after that, I noticed that I didn't even want to suck my finger. I just wanted to rip it out. And they put more cement on it because they have to cement it to your back teeth, your molars, to keep it in your mouth. And sure enough, they said, if you try to rip it out this time, you're going to rip out your teeth. I didn't want to do that because they weren't my wisdom teeth. So I stopped sucking my finger at 13. I don't even remember what it feels like to have my finger in my mouth. It feels weird now. And because it feels weird, I don't do it anymore. But I still have this thing with twiddling things between my fingers. And so... After that, as I've gotten older, I got a tongue ring. Well, I got the tongue ring because it was something cool. It was, you know, some friends. It was St. Patrick's Day, and we wanted to go do something wild and crazy, and I got my tongue pierced. So this little ball that's in my tongue took the place of a pacifier on my finger. It gives me something that I feel like I'm sucking on a tic-tac consistently that never ends. It's comforting. And at first it was for fashion. At first it was for, you know, just eye candy or whatnot. But now it's something that is comforting. I have to have it. I don't feel right not having it because I feel like that comfort is being taken from me. I still twiddle the things between my fingers and my, my thumb and my middle finger. And so now with all of these things, this comfort can be very detrimental. Because of course, it was hurting my teeth with my braces. But it became so chronic, because now I get into a space of nostalgia sometimes, when wherever I am twiddling things between my fingers, I'm reverted back to the moment in those times when I was a child. I'm able to catch it now to where it's just a sense of comfort and something that is stabilizing, it's an anchor for me now, because I've grown up that conversation. But these comforts we all have, and they can definitely be detrimental. And the nostalgia is cute, it's awesome. However, it's not what is needed for our life. So we must be mindful of these things that we find as comfort, like comfort foods. I know in a previous podcast, I was talking about comfort foods and how detrimental they can be. They can not only just be detrimental to your health, but detrimental to your thinking. Because that food has created an anchor. And that anchor automatically takes you back to that moment where you first had that meal that that food or that treat and so it keeps you in that state of thinking and that state of process we have to grow up these comforts and have to find out the source and then reframe why we do it because even though i don't suck my finger no i don't have a pacifier i still twiddle things between my thumbs because it is a sense of comfort it is a sense of oh. It is a sense of comfort. But it can definitely put you back into that mindset to where you never come out of that thought process of that age. Like some people still have certain hairstyles which is a sense of comfort but they never come out of that thought process, that year, that decade, that lifestyle. And they stay repeating the same thing over and over again because they have anchored that feeling. And I wanna put it in this way. I've grown up the comfort to where a comfort would always be there, but the devices and the way that it is expressed is what changes. We will always need that comfort, but how it is expressed how it is used, how it is used, all these different things can be grown up. So there may be a comfort where you needed your, you needed to just suck your finger or you needed your bear because once upon a time, that was a comfort for me, sleeping with the bear, I felt like I needed to hold something. I now understand that that was a moment where I had hurt and I had pain. And I saw a therapist. So now I still look at that teddy bear, but I don't feel the need to hold on to it and sleep at night. It's something that is cute because I still like teddy bears, but I'm not bent out of shape if my niece or nephew or someone else grabs it. Those comfort devices and mechanisms can be very detrimental if we're not careful, but when you grow it up, you realize you will always need comfort, foundation, and grounding just how it expressed how it is expressed and how you use it. And the aims of which you are participating in this comfort. That's what changes. And You begin to anchor that comfort to something different. There are people who anchor comfort to having $100. And when you grow that comfort up, you understand the comfort is still there. But now you have the comfort in knowing that you have the ability to generate more money not in the money itself because then you'll never let go of that hundred dollars but the comfort is in i can create hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars at a million dollars an hour now your comfort is in being able to generate that money because you've grown up that conversation of that money to where the dollar bill is not the comfort but the ability to attain it generate it trade exchange barter negotiate that becomes the fuel that comfort you constantly need that gives you that peace because ultimately the comfort brings you peace so this is just my thought process when it comes to comfort and how we have to be mindful of how it is expressed and used because it could be beneficial and detrimental and i am going to leave it there because it's time for me to go in but This is Brittany Simone with Do You See What I See? And if you don't, of course, come back to this podcast and I'll show you. Peace.